It's Tuned to Yesterday, delivering programs from radio's golden age. Welcome, I'm your host, Mark Livonier. Comedy coming up in this hour, a lighthearted one from the Lux Radio Theater, as they adapt the 1946 Oscar-nominated motion picture, The Green Years. The film's award nominations were for Best Cinematography for a Black and White Picture and Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Charles Coburn, who stars in this next broadcast, including the leading players of the film. It's the Lux Radio Theater from January 13, 1947. The Radio Theater, starring Charles Coburn, Tom Drake, Beverly Tyler, Hume Cronin, and Dean Stockwell in The Green Years. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley. Reading from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, another MGM picture. An outstanding favorite is being presented on this stage. A thrilling drama that will live forever in our hearts. It's A.J. Cronin's masterpiece, The Green Years. And we're fortunate indeed in bringing you the original motion picture cast. Charles Coburn, Tom Drake, Beverly Tyler, Hume Cronin, and Dean Stockwell. It's curtain time, and here's the play millions of you helped to choose. The Green Years. Starring Charles Coburn as Grandfather Gal... Tom Drake as Roby, Beverly Tyler as Allison, Hume Cronin as Mr. Leckie, with Dean Stockwell as the boy Roby. In the year 1900, Robert Shannon, orphan, aged nine years, journeyed from Ireland to the town of Loganford in Scotland there to make his new home with Mr. and Mrs. Leckie, the parents of his dead mother. You're late, Mama. Supper's waiting. I'm sorry, James. The lad's train was delayed. I suppose you spent good money on the cab? No, we walked. Well, look up, Robbie. This is your grandfather. Robert, no one regrets more than I that we meet under these circumstances. You call me Papa rather than Grandpa. We have one Grandpa in the house already. He means my father, Robbie. Grandpa Gow. Now, this is Kate, dear, your aunt. Don't look so sorrowful, boy. You'll get used to it. And this is your Uncle Murdoch? I hope you like it here, Ruby. Thank you. Our other son, Adam, lives in London. A very successful insurance broker, Robert. Oh, it's hard for you, boy, coming to know us all at once. You'll feel better after supper. Sit down. Our Heavenly Father, you've blessed me with this new responsibility, my grandson, Robert. You know, Lord, how his mother deceived me and married a wild, irresponsible Irishman not even of the faith of this household. Help me to carry this extra burden and deliver him from deceit, wild ways, and extravagance. Amen. Pass your place. <clears throat> Boy has no belongings, Mama? Nothing. Only a tricycle coming from Dublin, the carrier. A tricycle? Hmm. That improvident Irishman. Oh, that a daughter of mine had run off with a man who'd leave nothing but a tricycle. Papa! Well, eat your boy dinner. Eat, eat. Oh! Uh, it's late, and today's Friday. The boy's not of our faith, Papa. Oh, hi. It's just that I'm not hungry. I'll take your meat, then. Waste not, want not. Where will you be sending Roby to school, Papa? It's the elementary, of course. That is it, please. Isn't it bad enough I have to teach there? I'll hear no reflections, Kate, on a school that pays you 16 shillings a week. Why can't he go to the academy? The laddie comes to us with no money. But you've appearances to consider. You don't want to be assistant superintendent of sanitation all your life, do you? Appearances. Aye, that's right. Well, Robert will go to the academy. Well, Daddy, have you nothing to say? Thank you. I'm tired. If he doesn't want to eat, let him go to bed. Have you decided where he's to sleep? I still think Grandma Leckie's room would be best. My mother pays good money for her room. She'll be home tomorrow, and you know she dislikes surprises. You'll sleep with Grandpa Gow then, Robbie. Get your bag, boy. It's the last room at the end of the hall. So you be Robert Shannon. Aye, there could be more of you. Yes, Grandpa. It's a pity you don't have my hair. Your mother had my hair. Poor lassie. If there's one thing I cannot abide, it's a crying laddie. Will, what might you be wanting? I said I wish to sleep with you. Sleep with me? Will? 
Is it your expectation to sleep with your clothes on? You undress. Look at me, laddie. I, I, you'll need a friend in this house. It's all right, boy. It's all right. Come along, Robbie. It's a fine brat morning, and I'm taking you with me to my lawyer. On business. Business, Grandpa? Aye. I'm off to see my lawyer. My tricycle came. Did it? No. Well, then fetch it. I can't. Papa says he's going to sell it. What's that? He says walking is better for me. Someday, Robbie, I shall take Mr. Lecky in these two hands of mine, and I shall... Oh, good morning, Mr. Gold. Ah, Mrs. Bosomley. What a picture you make, madam. The sun's shining like golden harp strings through your radiant hair. Have you had the honor of meeting my great-grandson, Robert? Robert? Your grandpa's a poet. And who wouldn't be that's privileged to greet such loveliness of the morning? <laughs> be off with your candy dog. Take my advice, Robbie. Enjoy the lady. They're human races that are hot. If a body meet a body, coming through the right. Come in, Dandy. Come in. I'll be about a minute, Robbie. Sit down there. Yes, Grandpa. I gave you six documents to copy, Dandy. Go. Are they ready? They are, Mr. Merkeller. Sir, here they are. Oh, okay. Yes, that's lovely copying. Fair copper plate it is. It's a pity you couldn't have done such a job on yourself, Dandy Gow, as you have on your handwriting. Well, I'll credit this work with the rest. Could you be uh, letting me have, say, perhaps uh, half a crown, sir? And what would I tell your son-in-law, Mr. Lecky? You know the arrangement. The money I pay you to copy my legal papers goes to pay the premium on your life insurance. I, I, I know, but uh, perhaps a shilling. I see through your Dandy demon rump. No, not a penny. No, out with you. Robbie, come here. Lad, this is Mr. Merkella. As fine and generous a man as you'll ever know. May I present my great-grandson, Robert? Robert? If you're ever in trouble, and heaven help us, you probably will be, while you'll know who to come to. Thank you, sir. Uh, Dandy, I find there's a little item of half a crown, do you, after all? Yeah. It's a trivial matter, lawyer. Thank you, sir, and good day. Goodbye, you, Robert. Goodbye, Mr. McKellar. Oh, that's strange. I never noticed that establishment before. What establishment, Dad? Across the street there. What does that sign say, laddie? The drum head on. Look in there. Oh, bless me, bless me. Obviously a place of refreshment. How would you like a nice glass of bubbling lemonade? Oh, thank you, Grandpa. Excellent. I'll fetch you one. And then you can play... Yonder's the village green, see? Aye, there's a lucky boy. Lemonade and lassies. <laughs> what more could you ask? Hello. Hello. What are you doing? I'm looking for my cousin. I'm with my grandpa. What's your name? Robert Cannon. I'm new here. I'm Allison too. What are you going to do when you grow up? I don't know. Do you? Of course. I'm going to marry a fine man. And have many fine children. Oh, where's my cousin now? Allison. He's a new boy. This is Louisa. She's my cousin. What's that thing that earned your neck? It's a relief medal. Oh, you're a Catholic, aren't you? Yes. Come on, Allison. She's Catholic. But that's all right. I said come on. We'll play somewhere else. Did you have a nice time on the green, lad? Yes, Grandpa. Well, laddie, what are you thinking about? Grandpa, where did you get your big red nose? Nose? Big red nose? Boy, did you never hear of the Zulu War? Grandpa, oh, tell me, please. Well, boy, I'm not the one to brag. But there we were, cut off in the jungle by the savage hordes of Zulus. Someone had to get a message through the relief column. I'll carry it, sir, I cried. I took a revolver in each hand and a knife in my teeth. <laughs> Quietly, I crawled across the rocky belt. The jungle, that is. <laughs> I was almost through the enemy lines when they charged upon me by the score. I fired. Bam, 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 bam. 
screaming, the savages fell back. But how long could my ammunition hold out? I sliced out with a knife. Zip, zip, zip. Pop, he's piled up about me. But the Zulus still came. And then... Then, then? Oh, then a sweet sight. Out of the dark of the night came running my great white charger, Athena. I leaped on her back. The Zulus gave case. Flights of poison arrows darkened the air. I was wounded. I clung to my horse. Oh, that magnificent animal. She carried me to the relief column. Fainting, bleeding, breathless, I fell into their arms with my message. The flag was saved. And you were a hero, Grandpa? Well, they seemed to think so when the queen, God bless her, decorated me at Balmoral Castle. But Grandpa, how did you get your your medal? A poison spear, lad. A direct hit. Grandpa, oh, how wonderful. Tell me again. Some other day, laddie. And there will be others. It's you and me together, my boy, whatever the difficulties. Yes, Grandpa. And we're in difficulty this very moment. What? Look up the street, Ruby. Your grandma is come home. Nothing and a shame, I tell you. Letting a child fall into the clutches of that horrible old man. Ah, here he is now. Come in, Robbie. Come in and be seen by your grandma, Letty. He'll now be in the hands of a good Christian woman. Come to your grandma, Robert. Just look at his clothes. Do you think he can go to the academy in rags? But the lad, he comes to us with no money. You're no suggesting I buy his clothes, are you? You're my son, but you're a tight-fisted penny-pinching miser. Here, boy, here's a sweetie. Thank you. Stop now, laddie. Don't crunch. They last longer that way. So, you've been seeing a bit of your grandpa go. Yes, grandma. He told me about the Zulu War and how he got his big red nose. Hmm. The Zulu War. He was hit on the nose by a spear. A poison spear. Aye, dipped in rum, it was. Come on, lads. First thing I'll do is measure you for a new suit. Oh, never fear, boy. It'll make up just grand. What's the color, Grandma? It's, it's green and those flowers. You'll not notice the flowers when it's done. Bedtime now, Robbie. Good night, Grandma. Where are you going? To Grandpa's room. You're sleeping with me, Robbie, from now on. And there's a thing or two you should know about that man. His jewelers indeed. That man's never set foot 50 miles from here. He's cadged for pennies all his life. Discharged from every situation he's ever held. Grandma, no. Uh, he's supported, like yourself, by the charity of my son. Oh. But never fear. You're out of his influence now. No, into bed. I've got to get to work on your new suit. And don't forget, boy, Academy opens Monday. <laughs> school early, Robbie? Grandpa, for two weeks I've gone to school. But I'll not go back there again. No, 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 no. The master's been after you. Is it that it? Mr. Reed? No, Grandpa. It's this suit. The other boy... Well, now, since Grandma Lexi thinks so much of you, isn't she the one you should be running to? But it's her fault. If she hadn't made this suit... A green suit with flowers. <laughs> Letty, you cannot blame the boys for laughing. But on the other hand, you cannot have them laughing at you. Now, will you do what I tell you? Anything, Grandpa, I promise. Then who is the strongest, the most stubbornest, and the most independentest boy in the class? Gavin Blair. Well, then, you must lick Gavin Blair. Grandpa, he's the only boy who leaves me alone. If you want to get on top, you must remove the top man. You'll fight this Gavin Blair, and you'll lick him. Grandpa, I can't fight him. Then I must write Mr. Reed and implore his protection of my weakly little grandson. No, Grandpa, no. Well, then? But I don't know how to fight. Uh, what a lucky boy you are. Here I am, the man who stood toe-to-toe with Billy the Butcher, winner of the famous 84-round bare-knuckle fight to the finish against Terrible Terry. You, Grandpa? Well, no, Billy the Butcher. <laughs> but who held his coat, hmm? Come on, boy. Up with your fist. Chin down, lead with your left, 
We'll show the scavenger. Aim at my nose now, boy. Aim at my nose. Oh, Glassy, your nose. It's all right, lad. It's all right. I permitted you to strike me. And no, you understand the importance of ducking. Well, come on, Robbie. Try it again. Hello, Grandpa. Hello, Robbie. Will? Had a fight with Gavin Blair, Grandpa. And I've never seen a finer black eye, never. But, Grandpa, I lost. Gavin licked me. But obviously you did not run away. Here now, what's this? It's my green suit. So it is. But what's that suit you're wearing? Gavin Blair, he gave it to me. The boy who licked you? He took me home afterwards. He, he liked me, Grandpa. There was blood all over the green suit. Give me that emerald raiment. There, into the grate with it, Robbie, and good riddance. Laddie, you can receive many a black eye in this life. But if you're a man, you'll no be the loser. You mean I'm a man already? I do, I. You're a man like your own Grandpa, afeard of nothing. You can go your own way, attend your own church, and you can spit in any man's eye. Robert? Stand up to her, Robbie. Mind, you're a man, no? Get washed, Robert. You're going to prayer meeting with... Where did you get that suit? On your eye. Where did you get that eye? In a fight, Grandma. What did you do with a bonny green suit I made you? We burned it. We oh. didn't think Mr. Lackey would like to see it around. Blood on it. Not very sanitary. And another thing. I'd better sleep with Grandpa from now on. What's that? I'm a man now. This is your work, Mr. Gow, you beast of the field. You heard what the laddie said. He's a man now. And in that case, madam, I don't think Mr. Lecky would approve of his sleeping in your room. Oh, oh. We'll know, Robbie. Well, now, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, can't you see I'm reading? Robbie, dear, the superintendent of sanitation's had an attack of gallstones. Now, who knows, one of these days, Papa may be wearing the double brain on his cap. And if that's to happen, Papa must be left to do his study in his peace. I wanted to speak to Papa because I need 15 shillings. We'll talk of it some of... 15 shillings? Robbie, what for? Well, Mommy, you see, I... My burdens, my responsibilities. You see this book? An encyclopedia of sanitation for which I had to pay 21 shillings. And now you ask me for 15 more. I need to buy a suit. Everyone else will have them. Everyone, Father. Can we make a 15 then? Robert, I I I've been tolerant. I've let you attend the Church of Rome without interference or reproach. I'm a liberal man. But liberty can go too far. And when it starts costing money, I'm against it. <laughs> I'm sorry I bothered you. I wish I had the money to give you, boy. You see, Robbie, it's a very difficult thing. I live in the house of Mr. Lackey, and I pay no money for the rare privilege. I earn money copying papers for Mr. McKellar, but it all goes to pay my life insurance. I never see a penny of it. Please, Grandpa, you don't have to tell me. But it's important you get your new suit, though you could change your face. Why don't you go to the established church? Grandpa, I couldn't. Your Grandma Lackey would just love you if you did. There's no sense taking the hard way. I've got to be what I was born to be, Grandpa. If you'd said anything else, I'd have disowned you. Robbie, I'm a sinful and irreverent man with little interest in any church. But before I see you done out of your suit, I'll burn the town of Logan Ford. <laughs> Mr. Gow, a new book to read, is it? I'm not buying a book, sir. I'm selling one. An encyclopedia of sanitation. <laughs> I believe Mr. Lecky purchased this for 21 shillings. He did? Mr. Lecky says it is not comprehensive enough. He must have his money back. Oh, it has been used now. I cannot give him more than 17 shillings. I shall accept 15. Eh? It's a matter of justice. I don't understand. You don't have to. Take your book, sir, and give me 15 shillings. What, Mr. Gow? You did what with my encyclopedia? I sold it, Mr. Lakey, for 15 shillings. And then I bought the boy his new suit. But that's robbery. I'll, I'll have you arrested. I was hoping you'd say that, Mr. Lakey. And what would the court say of a civil employee who robs an orphan lad 
of his tricycle and sells it for 15 shillings. You deceitful old man. I've just one more word, and if you ever dare to mention this to Robbie, I'll burn this house down at my first opportunity. Good day, Mr. Lackey. I made my first meeting with Grandpa Gower's congregation. He didn't know I saw him, but I did. He looked very happy. Allison, please, showed me a present of this diary. It's five years now since I first wrote in this diary. There was a flower show and fair yesterday. Allison, she sang. Later, Gavin and I danced with her. It's good to have friends like Gavin and Allison. It's almost June. In two weeks, I'll be graduated from the academy. The whole family will be there. Even Grandpa says he'll come. It'll be the first time he sat down with the Leckies since Queen Victoria's Jubilee. And now, parents and friends, as we conclude our graduation exercises, it is with considerable pleasure that I make an award to our outstanding student. In my 11 years at the academy, not a single student has warranted this prize. Now at last, Logan Foot possesses a young scientist, who I prophesy someday will be a great doctor. To Mr. Robert Shannon, the special medal in science. Thank you, Mr. Reed. Good work, Green Bridges. Good luck. It seems strange, doesn't it? All those years in the academy, and now we're walking home together for the last time. Well, Gavin, have you no deep thoughts, too, on such an occasion? I, Robbie, my father still wants you to come with us to Loch Inver, fishing. Thanks, Gavin, but I can't. But the salmon will be running. I've got a job starting Monday. A job? The boiler works. Kate, she's married now, you know. Kate's husband thinks he can get me into the machine shop. The boiler works? Oh, Robbie, what's the matter with you? There's no chance at all you'll be coming to the university. No, Gavin. When do you leave for Loch Inver? Tomorrow. Well, here's the bridge. Good luck to you, Robbie. You too, Alice. Thanks. Goodbye, Gavin. I'll write to you. You'll miss him, I... It's a bonny night. I... It's a bonny bridge. You can hear the river Logan. Listen. I... Put your head over here beside mine. Listen hard. It's such a romantic song. Aye. Aye, they tell me there's a sight of water power in that river. Uh, Robbie, isn't there a chance in the world that you can go on with your studies? Mr. Reed thinks you're going. It never even occurred to him that you wouldn't. I have obligations, Allison. The Lickies aren't rich. Well, they're not poor, but they think poor. I guess it's the same. Oh, you're the most exasperating person I ever knew. You'd better die to be a doctor. You know it, Robbie, but no, it's the boiler work. Just because you think you should. Oh, to be a doctor. To have a laboratory of my own. Well, at least you're not going away. No. I'll study my singing here in Loganford. For a while, anyway. The moon is rising. My mother says that in Scotland, not even the moon should be one. Now, what would you mean by that? Don't you know? And you, the cleverest boy in Loganford? Allison, do you suppose... I mean, would it be all right? Could I put my arm about you? Oh, I wish you would, Robbie. It is a bonny night. Hi, Robbie. A bonny night. In a moment, we'll return with Act Two of The Green Years, starring Charles Coven, Tom Drake, Beverly Tyler, and Hume Cronin. Occasionally, the United States Senate chamber is illuminated by a glimmer of humor. Like the time word reached the Senate that certain interests in Hong Kong were making commercial use of the works of American songwriters without paying the customary composer royalty fees. After investigating, the lawmakers designed a bill to protect Tin Pan Alley. 
Sponsors of the measure were Senators Russell Long of Louisiana, Hawaii's Hiram Fong, William Spong from Virginia, and Edward Long of Missouri. The legislation was introduced on the Senate floor as the Long Fong Spong Long Hong Kong Song Bill. On another occasion, Congress honored Robert Frost with an award recognizing his contributions to American letters. In presenting a medal to Mr. Frost, the late President Kennedy took note of the unanimous vote on the matter and concluded, it's the only thing Congress has agreed on for a long time. Two of the lighter moments that really happened on Capitol Hill. Charles Coburn as Grandfather Gow, Tom Drake as Ruby, Beverly Tyler as Allison, and Hume Cronin as Mr. Lecky. For a month now, Robert Shannon has labored in the boiler works at Loganford. But one night, grimy and tired, he meets a friend as he leaves the factory. Ten minutes later, breathless and excited, he bursts into Allison's house. Robbie, what is it? I just saw him, Allison. Mr. Reed. Oh, you don't know what's happened. He's arranged for me to sit for the marshal. The marshal scholarship. I, I can study medicine, Allison. Oh, Robbie. Well, I haven't won it yet. I can't win it. It's impossible, but I can try. Oh, Allison. Oh, Robbie, I don't mind your kissing me, but I do wish your face was a wee bit cleaner. Oh, no, no, I don't. It's such a wonderful face. I... I, I didn't know what I was doing. Excited. Goodbye, Allison. I'll see you later. Oh, Bobby, a scholarship. And they pay you how much? A hundred pounds a year. For five years, Mama. What's this paper, Robbie? And Mr. Reed gave it to me for you to sign. You commissioned for me to try for the scholarship. Robbie, you must understand something well. I've no had an easy time of it. Murdoch, after all, has spent his education works in that nursery raising flowers. No more money for board from Grandma Letty since she's gone to Kilmarnock. No financial aid from Katie now she's married, and Grandpa Gow is still upstairs with an appetite like a growing boy. Even Adam. Adam, my own son, a great successful man in London, owing me 50 pounds for 12 years now. He'll pay. Uh, he'll pay indeed. Mama, I've resolved. I'm going to London. I'll collect that 50 pounds if it takes the whole four weeks of my holiday to do it. We were speaking of a scholarship, Papa. I cannot let you go for five years more without a penny return for the support of the house. No, I won't have it. I won't have it. You must let him. You cannot sell Robbie's life and hopes for a few pennies from the boiler work. Mama, who spoke of money? I'm doing this for your own good, Robbie. You're reaching above your station in life, and you're reaching not the disappointment. No. No, I cannot sign the paper. <laughs> Are you Mr. Jason Reed? I am. Sit down, Mr. Gow. Mr. Reed, I'm not merely Robert Shannon's great-grandfather. I'm a defender of the rights of man. I tell you, sir, when a man sinks low enough to deny these rights, I protest. And if you are among these worms who would deny the boy an education, I tell you I shall not stand by and countenance such a sin. And I must tell you, Mr. Gow, that the laddie cannot be entered for the scholarship only because Mr. Leckie had denied permission. Then we'll enter him on the quiet. The entry must be signed by his guardian. I'll sign it. Mr. Gow, have you lost your wit? I still have the wit to sign my own name. Under that fool Leckie's nose? I'll send Leckie away. I might even send him to London. This is the most unbelievable and dangerous nonsense I've ever heard. But I'm with your heart and soul. Here, take these books to Roby. Let him start with these till Lecky goes to London. Now, off with you. Mr. Reed, we'll remain like ours. We'll tear him to pieces. So, Robbie, I'm going to London West, Papa. I've made up my mind. Oh, Mama. And you'll have nothing to interfere with your studying for the scholarship, because I'll see to it we don't come back till the middle of August. Mama, who told oh, you? Ah, never mind. Good luck, Robbie, dear.
so tired, Mr. Reed. I've studied so long. I've read so much. I swear I don't know anything now. I haven't even begun. All right, now mathematics. What is a conic section? The intersection of a plane with a cone. Clumsy. What's the formula for the surface of the sphere? All right, boy. Paper. Come now, paper. Pencil. Trace the growth of industrial Europe. Causes. Effects. Think, boy. Think. Distinguish between density and specific gravity. Between kinetic and potential energy. What were Newton's three laws of motion? Think, 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 think. Describe the chief product of the Danube Valley. Not today. Oh. The examination starts tomorrow, not today. According to Mr. Reed, only second rate studies the last minute. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, come along. We're going to take a long walk. You and I, and a picnic bag. When does the train leave, Roby? Tonight at 8 o'clock. But I'll be back tomorrow night. All the examinations on one day? No, I'll go back to Glasgow Sunday. Then physics on Monday. Allison, what will you do when you grow up? I told you that once, long ago. I'll marry a fine man and have many fine children. What will you do? Would you say we're grown up now? No, Roby. Not quite yet. Allison. Please, Roby, I... I think perhaps you'd better concentrate on the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. All I can keep in mind is how much I want to kiss you. Then, then perhaps you'd better kiss me, Roby. I suppose. Oh, my Roby. You'll win the scholarship. You will. I love you. Roby. A telegram from Glasgow University. <clears throat> well, tell me, tell me. History? 92%. You missed only one question in geometry. Roby, you know what this means? We know, we know. <laughs> Still got the examination on Monday, but I swear to you on the basis of what you've done, if you only get 50% in physics, you'll win the marshal. <sighs> Mr. Gow, you wouldn't have a drink in the house. Not until Monday. <clears throat> now, now, what about that cough, Roby? Oh, it's, it's, it's just a cold. He, he's a wee bit warm on the... Uh, well, I'll stop by the doctor. I've got to rush now anyway. Goodbye, Roby. Good boy. He, he'd best stay in bed, is that it, doctor? None of your daft. He'll get this prescription to the chemist right away. Robbie has examinations Monday in Glasgow. Do you think by then... The temperature's 104. Mr. Gow, your grandson's on the verge of pneumonia. <laughs> feeling, Roby? Oh, I'm fine, Mr. Reed. The doctor said I could go out today. Ten days I've been in bed now. Yes, yes, boy, I know. Roby, I wrote to the university. I asked if you may take your examination when you've recuperated. Mr. Reed, why didn't you tell me? Because they've refused. I went myself to Glasgow yesterday. I went down on my knees to them. If it's any consolation, they've ranked you second. Oh, Thank you, sir. I begged them to give you an average on your physics, but no. No, they're ruled by, guided by rules and not by justice. Well, you're young. Something else will turn up. Uh, Allison's here. She, she wants to see you. Rosie. Take care, laddie. Allison, you know. Yes, Rosie, but uh, there's more bad news. Gavin Blair. But what's happened? He was coming to see you, Roby. He'd heard you real. He was running for the train. He slipped. He... He's dead, Roby. Dead? Gavin? Roby, where are you going? Roby! Why did Gavin have to die? Why? Oh, there's much I don't understand. I'm young, I know. Perhaps I have no right to understand. But Gavin was young. A man's got to understand something. 
you have your faith and then things happen. They happen out of nowhere and they make no sense. Why? Why did this happen? Come in. Uh, Grandpa, Roby's coming to the concert tonight, isn't he? Is it likely he'd miss it with you as solist? As a matter of fact, he's coming as my guest on his money. <laughs> as a music lover of long standing, I shall never allow myself to miss a rendition of Hamlet's Messiah. Handel's Messiah. Oh, that's what I said. Uh, Grandpa, there's a famous teacher coming to the concert. If he likes my voice, Mother will insist on my going to the conservatory at Edinburgh. Oh, I don't want to go, Grandpa. I don't want to leave Roby. You'll be coming back, Lassie. But he's the one that should be studying, not I. Oh, Grandpa, what a fine doctor he could be. And when I think of him down at that boiler works, I... There's things, Lassie, that no one can stop, good or bad. But what about Roby? Don't tell him till the concert's over. You know... Who knows? Perhaps you'll make such an eternal mess of it, there'll be nothing to worry about. It was like an angel, Allison. You're singing tonight. I was never so proud. Roby, he's our priest. I... Roby, I... Oh, you needn't say it. Grandpa told me you're going away just to Edinburgh. Oh, you'll go further than that? No, Robin, no. I heard you sing tonight. Then I'll not leave here at all. Oh, you must. Oh, Robin, say the word. Ask me to marry you. How oh, can I can't. How could I? Do you love me or don't you? If you love me, then have pity on me. What would I be doing to you if I married you? I know my place. Whether I'm suited or not, whether I choose it or not, I have a place at the boiler works, and I'll not share it with you. Oh, Allison. If I loved you less, we might speak differently. We're young. I... I suppose we'll get over it. I may be young, Roby. I'm likewise tired. Would you take me home, Roby? Come in. We've been looking all over for you. Papa. Dr. Gilbreed. Mama, Robbie. She's very ill. Happened so sudden. Her heart. Her body can tolerate just so much wear and tear, Robbie. Worn out. That's what she is. Worn out. There's nothing I can do. It's in God's hands now. Robbie. I'll be in my room, Papa. You'll pray for her, Robbie. Light the candle by your shrine. Pray for her, Robbie. I've doubted my Redeemer. Forgive me. Punish me, Lord, but not Mama. She never doubted it. Oh, let her live and have some peace. I ask you. I make this bargain. Let her live and I'll never doubt again. Never. Roby, she's gone, lad. She's gone and left us. Robert, is that you, Robert Shannon? Yes, Father Roth. I was just coming to your house, lad. I heard Mrs. Leckie was ill. She's dead. God rest her. Robert, what's that you're doing? All my life I've worn this, but I'm throwing it away now. I'm weary of metals. This may be God's way of testing you, of showing you the way you must go. What way? Into the priesthood, my son. If God didn't want me to be a doctor, it's too late to oblige him by being a priest. It's never too late to turn to God. I don't believe in God. God believes in you, Robert. I don't believe in God anymore.
In a moment, we'll return with a third act of The Green Year, starring Charles Coburn, Tom Drake, Beverly Tyler, and Hume Cronin. few months, Robert Shannon's modest world has crashed down about him, one disaster after another. Morose now and silent, ignoring everyone, even Grandpa Gow, Robert works on in the foundry, sparing a word for his family only when he comes home at night for supper. You're late, Robbie. Am I? It isn't enough in my old age to have to come back here. No, I must care for a house full of men who come late to meals. Where's my duck? We won't wait for him. We'll eat. That old man upstairs. What of him? I'll take him his tray. No, you'll not. He eats downstairs with the rest of us, or he'll not eat at all. Sit down. You're late, my duck. Where is Grandpa? He's in his room. Are you sure? Look at this. Grandpa's hat. Tie his hat. Found floating on the commons pond. I'll look upstairs. Grandpa! They found his coat by the footbridge. When did you see him last? I don't recollect, my duck. The man avoids me. The common pond, did you say? Murdoch, is it possible? I'd say anything was possible the way he's been treated. Yes, Robbie. Well? His bed's not been slept in. So am I nagging him day and night, and you threatening to send him to the workhouse. Workhouse? Papa wouldn't do that. And what do you know about it? When have you been home, safe to eat and sleep? Well, I support him. I pay his keep. Papa's got no right. Uh, you pay his keep, but you treat him like a stranger. Like you treat everybody since Allison went away. Murdoch, you think he... Why would he wish to live any longer? Now, he's been after the nursery a good bit lately. He's been looking forward to the flower show and the fair. You think my coronations were his own? I... I just don't know. Well, I do. He's off drinking. We must wire for Adam. First thing. Devoted to the old man he was. And he knows all about the insurance. Uh, Robbie, where are you going, boy? I'm going out. Uh, uh, you'll send that telegram for me. I'll send it, Papa. If I don't find him... Another day and no sign of him yet. Oh. So you came, Adam. I'm glad to see you, Robbie. No trace at all, Robbie. I've looked everywhere, Kate. He was a fine man, a lovely man. We're hoping Grant is still alive, Adam. The insurance will be paid, Papa. Catch on the spot. Oh, Robbie, how my heart breaks for you. I was just saying, Mrs. Boozumley, a finer man never breathed. He had his faults, a weakness or two. But what of that? Why don't you say what you're really thinking? That he's worth more to your dead than alive. I'm shocked with you, Robbie. Where's your manners? Papa, Mr. McKellar's here. Oh, lawyer McKellar, sir. Come in, come in. The police, uh, just outside the door here, Mr. Lecky. Uh, they'd like to speak to you. The police? Aye, aye, they found Dandy Gow. He's been in jail. Bring him in, constable. Grandpa. In jail? Mr. Gow. <sighs> Mr. Gow, you're intoxicated. I am, Mr. Lecky. <clears throat> Robbie Ladd and Mrs. Bosomley. She walks in beauty like the night. Of cloudless climes and starry skies. <laughs> <clears throat> Poetry in his undershirt. Dear family and friends, and you, Madame Lecky, <laughs> forgive me. Robbie, are you not coming with me? <laughs> oh, Grandpa. In a body, me a body, coming through the right. In a body. Good morning, Grandpa. Here, your medicine. Why can't you content yourself with beating me to death? Now get out of my way. I'm getting up and getting dressed. You're staying in bed? Do you think there's going to be a flower show in the Logan and a fair in Loganford and me not in attendance? You know what the doctor said. One more spurt like the last one and you'll meet your maker. That will be an embarrassing meeting for both of us. And, Grandpa, you've got to keep off the whiskey. On my honor as a gentleman, Robbie, why, I've not had a drop for days. Except for that bottle under your mattress. Hey. No, no, I'll stay home with you, Grandpa. Go on, go on. No. Go on and enjoy yourself. No, I'll keep you company. I won't go. If you stay in this house, I'll never speak to you again. Get out, get out. Just leave me here to die all by myself. Look, Papa, it's Grandpa. Marching there with the home guard, and in his kilt. 
Mr. Go, here. And contrary to my explicit instructions, and look, sticking out of his sleeve, a whiskey bottle. Oh, that man, that wretched man. Robbie, I'll take care of him, Papa. Allison, Allison, what are you doing here, away from Edinburgh? If you'd answered my letter, you would have known more about me. Well, well, anyway, I'm glad you're back. It's only for the day. I couldn't miss the face. Neither could Grandpa. He's here? Yes, and I've got to find him. Allison, where can I see in a few minutes? I'll be here, Robbie. I'll get Grandpa and take him to Murdoch. I'll be right back. Give him a blow. Step up, ladies. Step up. Have a glass with your grandpa's friend. Grandpa, put your glass down and come here. Grandpa, Allison's here. Hey. Could I trust you just for a few minutes? Why, laddie, for eternity. Grandpa, how do you do it? Do what? I'm 18 years old. Compared to you, I'm an old man. How do you do it, Grandpa? I'd like to know. You're in the green years, Robbie. You suffer the critical disease of being young. The Lord deliver me from ever having to go through that again. Well, go on. Find your lassie. I'll not budge in. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll go to Murdoch. Get a stall at the flower exhibit. Uh, get, get me one of Murdoch's carnations, Robbie, will you? I don't feel well. You won't do me this favor? Robbie, I'd like to. I'd like to, laddie, but I don't think I can. Uh, Robbie. R- Robbie. Grandpa. Uh, Shannon, I knew one day you'd be back in church again. He's dead, Father Roach. My great-grandfather. Yes, lad. I heard. He was a man of many follies, but he was incapable of meanness. He never bargained with God. He did good things because he enjoyed doing them. Oh, do you think the God who understood my great-grandfather... Might forgive me for having doubted. He will forgive you. I should like to pray with you, Robert. Ramalecki, Papa, Katie, Murdoch. Well, now that we're home, I want you to know that I think it was a fine funeral. A fine funeral. Mm-hmm. Oh, will you stop it, Adam? Hush, girl. Yes, Adam. Expensive. But, Casey, may I come in? Ah, Mr. McKellar, make yourself comfortable. Uh, don't leave, Ruby. This hardly concerns him. We're about to take up the matter of the will. If you'll excuse me, I want the entire family present. Now, according to my figures, the insurance comes to a matter of 658 pounds, 12 shillings and sixpence. And the round number. Exactly. We must say it, Papa. He was a fine man. Oh, I... Sit down, Robert. You respected him before he died. You might respect him now. I'm going to read the will. But there's no need, sir. We all know what's in it. It's a very simple document. He left all he possessed, uh, the insurance, that is, to your late wife. And in the event of her death, to her executor, yourself. That's proper. Mm. There's a codicil, however. The codicil was drawn... Shortly after Robert Shannon failed his examinations for the university, Gandhi Gow left everything he possessed to Robert Shannon. He was insane. He was as sane as I am, saner. He couldn't do that. It's not legal. It is legal as the crown, Papa, and I'm glad. I'll take it to law. I'll take it to law. I'll take it to law. Do so, Mr. Lecky. I do so, and I promise you I'll fight you in the county court. I'll fight you in the high court. I'll fight you to the floor of Parliament itself. Robert, it was Dandy Gow's hope that you'd spend uh, some wisely on your education. But I seem to mind him saying, a sort of afterthought it was, that if you preferred to invest it in wine, women, and song, that was your privilege. Oh, oh that's
at last, Allison. At last, I stand before them. The great gates of the University of Glasgow. Give me your hand, Ruby. My hand. Look at me, laddie. I, I, you'll need a friend in this house. It's you and me together, boy. Whatever the difficulty. Ruby, you're miles away. Oh, was I? Now walk in there, though, through those gates, Ruby. Walk into your future, Ruby. I'm sure you'll agree the Green Years is a four-star hit. Thanks to Charles Coburn, Tom Drake, Beverly Tyler, and Hume Cronin. Well, it's a lovely story to work with, Bill. And it had a great cast. Beverly and Tom have certainly won their spurs as fine performers. Not to mention young Dean Stockwell. Well, we had a wonderful chance to learn a lot from Mr. Colburn. Well, I see it's getting late. Don't we better say good night, Bill. Best wishes. Good night. Good night, good night and all our thanks. This is William Keeley saying good night to you from Hollywood. The Lux Radio Theater, on tuned to yesterday from January 13, 1947, first heard on CBS, that was an Armed Forces Radio Service rebroadcast. And the curtain comes down on this hour of tuned to yesterday. Be sure to be with us next time for more great programs from Radio's past. Until our next hour together, I'm Mark LeVonier. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>